This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, everybody. Happy 2024. This is officially the year where the IPC podcast is going to get to celebrate 10 years of operation. You heard that right. We are going to be getting to a decade's worth of podcasting in just a few short months. And if you go back and listen to the very first episode, you will definitely be grateful for the fact that we've been around for 10 years because it's gotten slightly less worse over the years. And we've got a really awesome tradition that we are going to kick off 2024 with by discussing our top five most anticipated films of the year. It's something that we have been doing since we introduced top fives to the program so many years ago. And this is a tradition that we do every first podcast episode of January. And uh, just so happens that this is our only podcast episode of January. So we're going to do our best to make sure that it's a good one. But uh, introductions are in order for those of you that uh, may have only listened to one or two episodes of this show and you haven't been able to distinguish our voices yet. I'm just going to go ahead and say that my name is Zach and joining me for what is probably the 360th time out of 369 episodes. It's Mr. Ben Hart. How's it going, everybody? And I, I love that intro. I love I love that specific wording of we've gotten less worse, which is kind <laughs> of for anyone who has podcasted knows that is no no truer words has ever been spoken about podcasts. Because really, when you podcast, you start out at your worst and you just procedurally get less worse as you go. You hopefully, hopefully you, you reach the good thing at some point. But at least you get less worse. That's that's the goal. Is to get less worse. You start the, and that's 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 the words of encouragement there to, to start anything. Just do the thing cuz you're going to suck at it at first. You just have to keep oh, going. Yeah. You just have to keep going. And we've kept going. I cannot freaking believe we've been at this for almost a decade. So that is amazing. We have Nothing, no one to thank but you guys for continuing to put up with our uh, least worst episodes. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, yes, the tradition of the top five most anticipated films of the year continues, hopefully, unlike a certain year in the past that shall not mm. be named. Mm -hmm. um, we will actually get to see these movies in the theater this year. They won't get all freaking canceled because of a global pandemic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, weird stuff. A blip on the radar to an otherwise great tradition that we have upheld for a long time. And we kind of let it slip a couple of years ago that part of what we're also doing is kind of collecting data to see what you guys are getting excited for. That is true. So that we know what to talk about. And I think it's even more important with the new format that we've got here on this program, only doing one episode a month just because of life and scheduling and things like that. Um you know, to to know what people really, really want us to talk about, to know what they're really, really looking forward to 
gives us great insight on what the July episode is going to look like. Gives us great insight into what kind of things we need to start planning for in November. You know, this isn't just like a hop on and do it once kind of thing. This show has a longevity that we do our best to uphold. And so we do that by keeping the listeners happy. And you guys are most happy when you hear the stuff that you told us to go watch, that you told us to go talk about. And so this is just a great night all around, a great episode all around, because we get to talk about the stuff we're excited about. You get to talk about the stuff that you're excited about. And then we get to look forward to these things for the whole rest of the year. It's it's going to be a really fun episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These are always it's it's always just nice to sit back and kind of look ahead to see, you know, what the heck is going to be happening in next year movie wise. And, you know, it's it's obviously like. There's so many things that, um, you know, that movies are like it's what's anticipated and then like looking back at like what was actually like good <laughs> because so many movies right. are either, you know, they don't turn out the way you want. They don't even come out the year they said they would mm-hmm. or, you know, they um, stuff just happens. Um, I don't remember Barbie being on my list of top five most anticipated movies of 2023. But it was easily one of my favorite movies of 2023 uh, at the end of it. So, you know, it's weird how these things go. And I love just kind of like this litmus test test of, uh, you know, where we where we are versus where we're going. And, and, you know, 23 was such a surprising year on all kinds of fronts because I I had the exact same situation with Godzilla minus one. You know, I didn't even know it existed in early 2023. And then late 23 comes around. And it's quite possibly my favorite movie of the year. And so it, it's it's one of those things where maybe we're anticipating some greatness and then maybe there's some greatness that we're going to end up glossing over and then come back in like October and be like, I can't believe I didn't give more attention to this movie, you know, and right, uh, right. And, and and we'll see what those end up being if there's any, you know, surprises out there. But I will also say this. And this is something that you and I haven't talked about behind the scenes, so I'm going to present it to you live and see how it goes. Um, One of our other discussion topics after we finish our top fives is going to be Marvel's Echo. And there has been a lot of uptick in quality television product lately. True. And we're thinking that if we can find the time in our schedules, um, sometime in the next few weeks, we may try to do a bonus episode where all we talk about is tv shows is that still something that you're open to ben yeah absolutely because i mean we talked about a little bit behind the scenes of just like the since we started this a few years ago we didn't start this right when the podcast began obviously but we've been doing this for quite a few years and even back then you know movies and tv shows were were still different there was still like before disney plus came out Exactly. And this, this maybe, podcast is older than a lot of streaming services. HBO Max, Paramount Plus, uh, Disney Plus, Peacock. Those apps did not exist when this podcast started. No, I mean, I even remember doing podcasts prior to Stranger Things, which I think was a big one yeah. in regards to kind of proving what television could do, what streaming could do. Yeah. And like that first season of Stranger Things like blew my mind. It was like that. I think that right there, we forget how much of a cultural phenomenon that show was just the first season. Mm -hmm. And then it's just kind of snowballed from there and gone into this, like, I think movies, TV shows are almost just as big as movies nowadays. Um, We've got no Star Wars movies on 
coming out this year. We got like three Star Wars shows coming out this year, though. Right. Those are things. Those are like my easily my most anticipated things because I'm me, okay? But um, <laughs> the you know, Star Wars guy. Yeah. So you know that's the whole thing with me. But you know they are those Star Wars shows to me are as big as movies. Like I my whole thing with like Star Wars movies is like. I've been patient because I've liked and loved most of the stuff they've been giving us in Disney Plus. So I haven't been itching to get back to the theater except to, you know, have the communal aspect of that. But ultimately, I think a bonus episode would be great just to things and get everyone's take on that because we're mixing TV shows and movies, which we, which we toyed with. I'm not sure it's going to work out quite the way we want to. I think separating them, we'll do our movies like we normally do, but do a bonus episode with TV shows and they would be great because there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, I kept thinking Last of Us is coming out this year. No, that's probably next year because they're filming that right now, I think. At least next year, But we got yeah. Acolyte, we got um, Skeleton Crew, we got Bad Batch, obviously, um, and ton of other things and house of the dragons coming back this year so the dragon a lot of uh avatar the last airbenders yes uh, yes yes just dropped so So. yeah there's plenty of tv out there to talk about and to anticipate so with that being said go and find our facebook group the intergalactic peace hangout because that's where the prompt is going to be and if you want to join that conversation telling us your top five anticipated TV series or seasons of TV, we might need to call it because House of the Dragons getting a season two, you know. And so maybe we need to do most anticipated seasons of TV because Skeleton Crew will be season one, that kind of thing. But if it's something like House of the Dragon that's getting a second season, then we need to be able to distinguish that. But Correct. go join the Peace Hangout. That's where we're going to be reading a lot of our responses uh, on tonight's episode as well. Because we had maybe like I think two responses on Twitter, and that was about it. So we had, we had two much... be specific. We had one response on Twitter, and well, a couple of responses. But some people posted in different things. I'm counting you guys right. as part of the Peace Hangout. If you posted both places, you're getting credit for the Peace Hangout. Um, but one official thing from Twitter, and one from Threads, my personal thread Threads account. So oh, of all um, things. So we got we, we got the social medias. They're represented, fully represented tonight. Well, I think we need to do our icebreaker so we can dive right in. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Echo after the top fives, and we're going to talk about that Avatar trailer for just a couple of minutes. So be sure to stick around on the flip side of these top five discussions. But uh, before we do that, we do this little activity. We're already like 10 minutes into the podcast, so I think we're a little late on the icebreaker, but it is what it is. Um, we do this to kind of kick off the, the the little discussion, get our brain juices flowing a little bit, and uh, it, it comes courtesy of my lovely wife, Edna, and we call it Edna's Icebreaker. And Actually. tonight, uh, her icebreaker question is, if you could live in any country for one year, which would you choose and why? Obviously, other than the country we already live in. <laughs> Right. You got you got to pick someplace other than where you're currently at. So if you could live in any country for a year, what country would you choose and why? Man, I mean, there I mean, there's a lot of countries that I actually because everyone knows me, knows I, I travel a lot. I actually haven't done a lot of international travel. Most of it's been on this side of the pond and only in North America. Um, so I've only I've only been to three countries out of all of them. I've only ever been to three countries. Um, and so I am hugely on my bucket list is Europe, obviously, because I, re- I really do want to do that. Um, and obviously 
the uh, if I can make Celebration Japan work, I really want to make that work. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, I think if I had to like thinking about like what a country would be and and trying my experience, my ultimate knowledge of that, I think I think I could probably hang out in Italy for a year and be very happy. Just I'm thinking. I love Italian food. Come on, Italian food. Not hardly anything better. Um, right. So obviously beautiful countryside, so much history, so many things to visit. Um, I feel like that would be the wise if I was just like I know Europe as a whole, almost a country unto itself. There's so many things to see in Europe, but I think Italy is that country that like oh man, you know I could I could I could spend a lot of time there. Like I can imagine like when I go when I go to visit when I go on a holiday or a vacation like I want to spend like I don't know probably a month there just so I can see everything. I know that'll never happen, but right. like I would love to spend a ton of amount of time. So a year would be like that's great. Year long vacation in Italy, I'm sold. So Italy is definitely a place that I would love to visit. The the views. And the history and the food, like you mentioned, um, I just don't know if I could live there for a whole year. Um, the 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 trouble with me is I I don't speak Italian, and I, I know you don't either. But I, well, you'd I guess have a year to you'd have a year to learn the. You'll have by, a year by the end to, of the year. You, you'd have to the, learn by immersion. Thing. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I, I I guess part of my train of thought was I wanted to to go somewhere where I maybe didn't have to do all that learning. And could still get a good experience out of it. So my first thought was New Zealand because I actually at one point in my youth had an opportunity to go do a year long service project with my church in New Zealand. Oh, and I was elbows deep in school at the time and prioritized my school over the mission trip opportunity. And uh, to this day, it is like one of my top three biggest regrets of all time. Because that would be amazing. Yeah, I I basically would have only needed to gather like I want to say 20 percent of my funding and the organization I was uh, thinking of joining was going to take care of the rest. They were going to find me a host family and the host family was going to feed me like it was it sounded like it was going to be a really great opportunity. And I missed out. And I look at the the photos and the landscapes and uh, just the the. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call it culture, but I mean, rugby is a really big sport over there. And like going to an authentic New Zealand rugby match, that type of thing just sounds like something that would be so awesome. And so I guess if I had an opportunity to, to go somewhere for a year, my first instinct would be New Zealand. But my second instinct would actually be Mexico. Because we actually just got back from a week-long trip to Mexico. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. Between this past episode and and this one, um, we had to go take care of some family business. There was a family emergency down in Mexico City. And then um, Edna also needed to get some dental work done. And the exchange rate in Mexico is ridiculous. And the... um, the cost of dental work is way, way less than what it is up here in the States. And so we got a couple of birds with one stone, one trip. And then um, her aunt was like our tour guide. And we went to all kinds of amazing places and ate all kinds of amazing food interspersed with the, with the family business and such. 
And it was a really, really great trip. And I learned more Spanish. Like I already knew some, but I learned more. And I think I just got more confident in my conversation skills as time went on there. And so um, I've got a head start as opposed to trying to learn Italian for the first time. And uh, if I really needed to live somewhere for a year, I could live in Mexico pretty comfortably thanks to the uh, thanks to the exchange rate. It it does help to know people and to um, to have family in certain spots and have a have a tour, have a built in tour guide or or a built in bed if you need to to crash Mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, That definitely makes a difference. And and she she knew when we were getting scammed, too. Oh, see, that's that's good, too. Yeah, because I was I was a white boy in the heart of Mexico. I was in the capital city. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And, it, and you stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> they, 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 know they, go, they know they go after I you scream tourist. And so like <laughs> she would she would know when we were when we were getting scammed and they were jacking up the prices and, and she would be like, thanks. We'll 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 come back. We'll come back. And then we didn't come back. <laughs> It's like, you know, you can you can go, at, for example, to a place like Italy or Germany or something like that. Some, some mm. place where you might be able to blend in. I you got mistaken know that- for German down there. Oh, really? Because I got I got like that lighter brown hair and blue eyes. Like a couple of times people thought I was German. I mean, but, I, uh, I I I'm I have german irish ancestry so i think right. I, it's definitely in my in my blood i've and, got that uh, i've so. got a little polish i've got some british and i think some scottish and yeah, you know yeah, I, i'm just yeah, yeah. i'm a mutt i'm from all over <laughs> the only place i'm not from is mexico and they could tell america america um but it was it was really funny because we were we were at this market this one time and as soon as we walked in like the one of the very first things we saw was a a guy with a with a little cart who was selling ice creams and he was charging a hundred pesos per serving and i i want to say a hundred pesos is roughly six dollars five six dollars and so it was it was a little on the pricey side but we didn't really know that it was on the pricey side until her aunt stepped in and said, we'll come back. Thanks. We'll come back. And we went to another ice cream place that was further in the market that were selling almost the exact same thing for 35 pesos. Sheesh. Which is like two bucks, 225. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're definitely hanging out with you because I would have been ripped off as soon as I walked in. Yeah, I've I've heard of I've heard of scams in other countries, maybe somewhere in South America or something like that, where it's like you know they'll they're like oh here jump on my my tuk tuk and we'll I'll take you to this this great place and they'll Dude. they'll go and drop you in the middle of nowhere and then they, you have Dude. to pay them to take you back. Dude, so one of the other things that we were trying to do, and I know I'm getting sidetracked from our top five list. This is going to be the last <laughs> last anecdote, I promise, but. Um, one of the other things that we wanted to do was we wanted to go on this boat ride along a canal that the government has forbidden the use of motorboats in order to preserve the animals that have made that canal part of their habitat. Interesting. So the only boats you're allowed to use are 
like push boats that have a pole. And um, there was this kid on a bicycle kid. I say kid. It's like teenager, maybe like 18. And he saw that we were kind of looking for something in particular. And he like pulled up to our car and was like, are you looking for the boats? And we were like, yes. And he's like, I know where they are. Follow me. And he took us like almost a full mile further away from where we currently were. And then down this other side road into this place that was like the foot of the canal. But it's like a winding rectangle shaped canal. And so we were just at one leg of it. And that particular leg was like the tourist trap leg. And he was taking us to a boat that was charging us 3,000 pesos per hour to ride the boat, which is just, it's not okay. (laughs) Like, by comparison, that's that's $174 an hour to ride on a push boat down the canal. Damn. And uh, we were like, no, 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 no. Her aunt was like, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> that's that's not right. And so we did a little more research. We got back in our car. We drove to the other end of the rectangle to where the the locals get on these things. And we found a place that was 600 pesos per hour, which is roughly 35 bucks an hour. But we went from 175 bucks an hour to 35 bucks an hour because this bike person was trying to scam us into thinking this was the this was the best of the best. This was what all the rates are. And we just did one quick Google search and was like, no, that's not true. We're leaving. Wow. Well, you dodged a bullet. So be careful. You will get scammed if you don't do your research. That's the that's the lesson there. But I had a great time. I had a, I had a great, great time. There, there were so many awesome sites. We went to the pyramids. Um, we, we went to those canals. We went to, um, like this, this museum that I don't even really know how to describe it. It was a combination of European art and art that represented Mexico's history. So there were like some art pieces of art that were on loan from collections in Europe. And then there were others that were like local artists that were depicting, life and history of mexico so it was a really interesting blend of like world art and local art that was five stories tall or something thousands and thousands of pieces so got to experience a lot of culture a lot of food a lot of sightseeing in in spite of the fact that we went for a family emergency we ended up making some really cool memories so you know what screw it i'll just say mexico forget new zealand (laughs) <laughs> I spent way more time talking about Mexico than I did New Zealand. So I'm I'm just going to pick Mexico. And it's I mean it's 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 a short drive close to home. Yeah, for me, it's it's like um I want to say an 8-hour drive to the border for me. It may be 9 depending on what highway you're taking. But oh, it's it's only a 2-hour flight to Mexico City, two and a half hours. Wow, yeah, that's that's not so, bad at all. You can you can you can get into the into the heart of it from uh, from from the Dallas airport in two and a half hours. It's it's shorter to go to Mexico City than it is to go to New York or 
L.A. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because those are those are three three plus hour flights. So it's kind of cool living in a place that's that centrally located. Indeed. What's the what's the nearest major airport for you? Is it Atlanta? No, uh, New Orleans is like the the biggest like international airport closest to this. Okay. Mobile, Mobile, Alabama has one too. Okay. Um, but so we have a few. They're not like they're not like in the neighborhood, but we have a we're kind of that's one good, good thing about things. There's not much here where I am, but there's a lot of stuff nearby. You know, right. you're, we're an hour drive to New Orleans, about 45 minutes to Mobile, about two hours to Pensacola five six ish to atlanta so it's you know oh, okay it's 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 not bad yeah i was i was thinking the wrong way i didn't even think about going west you're right you're right because we made a day trip to new orleans one time right yeah what i mean we day tripped to new orleans the other day to get something to eat <laughs> that's pretty cool that's what we do and it's i mean it's really it's really it's it's really nice to to do that of you know just say hey you know things most people you know love new orleans like oh it's a vacation spot i'm just like it's just down the road for us like it's no big deal like i'm I'm, i've been to the french quarter a thousand times it's no big deal my wife would be so jealous if she heard that (laughs) because she she wants to go and and i was like okay but we're going to a casino while we're down there (laughs) (laughs) like oh they got them they got them Oh see, yeah. See here on in Mississippi, our casinos have to be. It used to be over the water. Now they have to be close to the water because of things. We have there's casinos on the Mississippi River. There's casinos on the coast. No way. They don't have those kind of laws in Louisiana. You can find casinos in a lot of different places. Like there's one smack dab in the middle of downtown New Orleans, right there near the French Quarter. So I didn't know Mississippi had casinos. Yes, this. I mean, Biloxi is probably one of the biggest, like, casino hotspots, I think, outside of, like, Vegas Arena. Like, that, Biloxi has a lot. Like, you're talking we're talking at least a dozen. And that's just in Biloxi. There's some in, in, in adjoining towns, too. Yeah, my, my wife is definitely going to want to make a trip to Mississippi now. Yeah, a lot of good look. I don't I don't really gamble, but we will occasionally go to the casinos for shows because a lot of celebrities come to the shows. There's there's other kinds of events and there's a lot of good buffets and restaurants in there, too. So something for everybody. Dude, it is some of my favorite people watching, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, I mean, the yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. Like uh, if you Google the Beau Rivage, it's the, literally the tallest building in Mississippi. It's a massive building right on right on the water. Um, and it's I don't know, it's probably 10, 15 stories. Um, it's a massive building. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful building inside and out. So I guess I, I don't know if this is something that we're we're seriously considering, but we really enjoyed when we went to Shreveport to try out the riverboat casinos over there. Oh yeah. And uh, we've been to several in Oklahoma that are within driving distance. And um, there are some in Colorado nearby to where her, her family likes to go in the summertime. So we're planning on going there next summer. Um, But I think like if we go to Vegas, we're going to obviously go there. And then there's some, I believe in Arizona, and so and then I saw one like in 
Kansas or Nebraska or something like that at one point. So I think we're going to try to become like national travelers based on where different casino resorts are. And I know that makes it sound like that we've got a gambling problem, but we we do set up like a budget. We set up a limit. And when we're tapped out, we're tapped out. We We have a policy to never use the ATM. We never, ever use the ATM. So whatever we budgeted, whatever we took, that's it. And we just try to have fun with it. And so yeah. we might we might have to go have some fun in Biloxi then and then uh, hit up Pascagoula for dinner. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at this, uh, now actually Tunica. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tunica, Mississippi. That's up north Mississippi. That's the lucky I've there heard of Pascagoula. <laughs> yeah, you're you're special. You've you you both have heard of Pascagoula and you know how to pronounce it properly <laughs> and you know how to spell it. Yeah. Not everyone well, knows how to do that. Well, the only reason I know how to spell it is because I've had to ship stuff to you. Yes. You are the only reason I am familiar with Pascagoula, Mississippi. So. <laughs> Naturally, as is everyone that I know. And then the, peop, the, the rare people that have heard that weird Ray Stevens squirrel song. Everyone else knows that. The day the squirrel went berserk. Exactly. In the first self-righteous church. In sleepy little town of Pascagoula. Now I'm going to get Some hit pee, pee, pee. <laughs> People, People are listening to this going like, what the heck is he talking about? Um, and we're like a half hour in going, we still haven't heard any top fives. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, so this is attractionsofamerica.com, um, which is a reputable site I've never heard of in my entire life. Um, so this is obviously biggest like uh, casino cities in america bluxy ranks number 12 according to them uh tunica is actually like further up on the list and of course vegas is number one um atlantic city number two Uh, reno tunica is number four which personally i live here i've never been to tunica weirdly (laughs) so what is are are there any in oklahoma i would assume because i know there's a i know a lot of times they'll be on like Indian reservations because well no no I mean no no I mean is there anything on the list that's in Oklahoma? Oh um let's see um let's Chicago there's no Chicago where's there Chicago I've been to Chicago I didn't see any casinos Chicago um Shreveport is number seven okay Palm Springs number eight Palm Philadelphia Springs. number nine these are just like major cities with things St Louis number ten um Fort Lauderdale. Fort uh, Biloxi, uh, Deadwood. I've been there. Deadwood, South Dakota. A lot of casinos there. Great place. Great oh, I, thought, I thought that was another town in, in Mississippi. I was like, <laughs> that's appropriate. <laughs> it does. I understand. The, I'm like, yeah, Deadwood sounds right. The town um, is dead, and there's a lot of wood down there. Right. Um, Cripple Creek, Colorado is number 15. That's one of the ones that we wanted to go to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 16, New Orleans. Uh, number 17, L.A., okay, whatever. Um, uh, 18, Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, 19, Cincinnati. Oh, my goodness. Um, 20, the Poconos, Pennsylvania. Poconos. And that's it. <laughs> wow. That there's, makes... your, there's your top 20 gambling spots in America, y'all. That's what you, that's what you came here for. That wasn't, that wasn't even on the show notes, but you're welcome. Well, that was a hell of an icebreaker. Because <laughs> it went on for 23 minutes. <laughs> on the show notes.
Jeez. Icebreaker, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's never happened. We've never had an icebreaker on this entire show that's lasted less than two minutes. Never, never happened. And it's an never going to happen either. We've never done an actual two minute icebreaker. Just to just oh. call this I, Edna's first segment that may or may not be five or 20 minutes long. Well, that's what happens when you don't get together very often. You have Especially, to. We, it's bad enough. Like we don't see each other in person very often. And then when right. we do get on this call, it's once a month. So, yeah, of course, we're catching up. Yeah, we're we're hanging out. So that's why we call it the intergalactic well, peace You know, hangout. I'm glad we're still doing it once a month, okay? I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know we'd love to do it more, and maybe one day we will. But for right now, once a month is 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 going to have to be enough. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad we're not doing it less. Same. Okay. I told you off air that I had a few factoids that I wanted to toss out to people, um, some statistics. I don't, I don't know if they're called fun facts because I don't know how fun they are per se. But uh, I, I noticed a very, very interesting trend about movies in 2024. And we're going to notice it a lot when we start reading people's submissions. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So there's according to IMDb, we shared an IMDb post of like 200 plus movies that are expected in 2024. I don't expect all 200 plus of them to uh, to make it. But I did notice a trend of about 20 or so that got repeated several times over the course of the submissions and ones that are like wrapped filming guaranteed to be happening this year in post-production, that sort of thing. So out of these 20 films that are basically assuredly going to happen, 12 of them are sequels and another four of them are prequels really so there are 16 out of 20 guaranteed films coming out that are part of an existing franchise in some capacity the only ones that are not let me see if i can find them um and you know w- weirdly when you while you're saying this we're not having any Star Wars movies, and there's only yeah. one MCU movie. There's only one. We, there is some Sony Marvel stuff, but there's only one MCU movie, which is crazy. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Out of the four, one of them is is kind of it's it's a it's a franchise film, but it doesn't really fit into the rest of the franchise. It's kind of a standalone, and that is the anime film or the anime style film called Lord of the Rings: War of the Rohirrim. Right. I've been hearing a lot about this. War of the Rohirrim, I believe, is like a prequel story, but it is so loosely tied into the rest of the franchise that I'm not necessarily classifying it as a prequel per se, but it probably could fit into that category. And then uh, there is the Lilo and Stitch reboot that is going to be live action coming out sometime in the second half of this year. Um, And then there's a movie with John Krasinski and Ryan Reynolds called if that's coming out mm-hmm, and it's completely, yeah. completely independent. And then there is a Jason Statham action movie called beekeeper. And the only reason I mentioned beekeeper is because there were a ton of posters for it in Mexico. <laughs> really? 
I don't know what is up with it, but Mexico loves Jason Statham. Something in their marketing department were like, yeah, we got to we got to we got to market this. There was a lot of beekeeper posters and a lot of Rebel Moon posters. Those were like the two most prominent like cinema advertisements that I saw in all of Mexico City. Wow. So that's the only shout out Beekeeper is getting on this episode. <laughs> but, Sorry, Jason Statham. But listen to this. Deadpool 3, Godzilla X Kong, Joker 2, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Quiet Place, Day 1, Beyond the Spider-Verse, Kung Fu Panda 4, Inside Out 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, The Community Movie, Mufasa, A Lion King Origin Story, Mad Max Furiosa, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, Gladiator 2, Alien Romulus, Dune 2. They're all sequels or prequels. Damn. Like, I don't know how to feel about this. Because I'm greatly anticipating some of these stories, but I'm also shaking my head at the lack of originality. There's so much out there that is being built on the backs of other things that I have to wonder if any of these are going to get any kind of critical acclaim because I very rarely see sequels get any kind of attention at something like the Oscars. You know, we don't have enough sure. time to we don't have enough time to talk about the Oscar nominations and the fact that there were certain people in the Barbie community that got absolutely snubbed. But that is, is just, it's wild to me how many sequels and prequels there are that probably next to none of them are going to get any kind of big time award recognition. Yeah. I mean, and, but I mean, also I think, a lot of the a lot of the independent stuff, especially a lot of the Netflix stuff, a lot of Netflix movies, um, they fly under the radar. You know, they really do up until the last moment. Um, they don't get a lot of promotion. Some of the stuff, I mean, a lot of stuff, Amazon stuff get, doesn't get a lot of promotion either. So I'm wondering, yes, I mean, obviously there is a uh, let's just say a problem <laughs> with um, a just a lot of sequels, a lot of reboots, a lot of franchise stuff. Um, but also, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard because we don't know what the big, like you were saying, we were saying earlier, we, we didn't, nobody was talking about Godzilla minus one or, right. you know, a lot of people were talking about Barbie because that was a big franchise, you know, like obviously an original idea per se, but also, you know, still based on a huge property. So, you know, kind of franchise, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. How what we've got to look forward to this year, and I'm 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 curious to come back to this in the year, like what actually came up, you know, because we're dealing with last year, oh, there was a lot of a Marvel movie bombed, didn't Indiana Jones movie bombed, Dude. like that's unprecedented, that should not <laughs> happen. <laughs> Quantum Mania got nominated for a freaking Razzie award. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started. Fucking <laughs> Razzie. Like, how much lower can you get than being nominated for a Razzie Award? I think I think that's part of the reason why we're not. Deadpool three is the only 
MCU yeah. movie we're getting. And it isn't even not even technically MCU, I don't think. So, you no, know, I think it is. I mean, I it, it is, is, but it feels like it feels like kind of an in-between call of just like I'm sure it's going to be wrapping up some stuff. And I've heard some rumors about some intentional involvement of uh, the 20th Century Fox characters. Um, but um, and obviously Hugh Jackman's Wolverine's in it. That's been all over the news everywhere. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 just wild that um, I don't even know if we're going to get any uh, like TV from Marvel. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I, I I'm. Well, I mean, I'm clueless. technically, technically, Echo came out this year, but it was very early in the year. Correct. Yes. But and, and they definitely fall back. Yeah. Like well, shows. part of part of part of the issue too is they had to um, delay Daredevil: Born Again. That's true. It's got a whole makeover. makeover. Which I'm very happy about. I'm very happy about the changes that have been made. But again, yes, very maybe we changes. should maybe we should save that for our television bonus episode. Right. The only other thing I'll say is that apparently Agatha Darkhold Diaries, if that's even the title of the thing, is also coming out this year. And I'm just like, eh, <laughs> sorry. I love. Oh, I, but I love I'm, Catherine Hahn. I'm, so I'm, I'm watching like, that eh. for sure. I love I loved her in in Step Brothers and Parks and Rec. So I am all over that. I'm sure I'll get into it when the first trailer drops. Right now, I'm just like, eh, I don't know about this. Have you seen Step Brothers? I have not. Dude, that should be another bonus episode where we introduce you to Step Brothers. And there's another thing we're going to talk about tonight that I'm I'm like, I know I haven't seen this thing. It's things, <laughs> even though I've I've like made it a point recently. Like I watch movies. I've been watching things. I've been going outside my comfort zone. And I still can't freaking catch up. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. There's a lot. There's a lot that I'm not caught up on. But speaking of catching up, I'm gonna catch up in the chat because Steven Schinder's been live commenting with us, and I gotta give him a shout out for being with us uh, for tonight's live episode. He said he actually just did a delayed replayed episode on the movie If that should be coming out this oh. weekend. He said the Community movie would be on my list if it had a concrete release date. And then there was a John Boyega movie called They Cloned Tyrone that flew under the radar because it released around the time of Oppenheimer. I heard a lot of good things about that. Got uh, uh what's her name from WandaVision and B.A. Boyega and Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. My my boy Boyega. Haha. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. OK, should we actually start reading people's lists on what movies they're anticipating in 2024? No, nah, I'm only, sure we can come up with another few riffs to keep stalling. We're, we're only 44 minutes into this. <laughs> Maybe we need to create like a timeline that's like when you're ready to actually listen to the lists, start at 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off with um, with Joey's because he's been a longtime supporter of the show and Absolutely. he's he's got a pretty pretty straightforward list he says actually my number one is the easiest that it's been since around 2020 2021 so we'll get to that he's got gladiator 2 at number five despicable me number four at number four inside out number two at the third spot twisters at number two and then at number one ghostbusters frozen empire if anybody knows joey that was a pretty pretty uh, yes. He adds in parentheses. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, he really liked the first Inside Out. He said the first one was fantastic and packed with nostalgia and sentimentality for me due to raising a very, very young daughter or very, very young daughters when it was released. 
And then there are some listed in the link that I'd be excited for, like the community movie, National Treasure 3, is this the thing that failed after the Disney Plus show, etc. I'm not confident that these will release in 2024. That makes sense. True. And that, And that's part of what I'm trying to gauge, because you, my friend, made the speculation that we may not be getting Spider-Verse this year. Can you please elaborate on that? Well, okay. So there's been a lot of drama with that. Um, obviously, you know, that movie came out, the first one came out, it was supposed to be two-parter. And then they kind of worked it around and now it's beyond the Spider-Verse now. And there was a thing where there was obviously the Hollywood strikes are happening. They're still happening in certain things. The animators are, are working on like maybe potentially striking at some point. And obviously there's a lot of labor issues with that side of Hollywood. And so I've been hearing a lot of things that basically think that like that movie may not be coming out. It's supposed to come out, you know, one year, this one comes out last year and then beyond the spider Verse comes out this year. But then like, uh, what's his name? Um, was like uh, the guy who plays Peter B. Parker. How am I forgetting his name? Um, he was a new girl too. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson was like on the record going like, yeah, I haven't recorded any lines for the movie. And I'm like, that's not a good sign that <laughs> you should have at least recorded your lines by now. Um, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. The general consensus is that movie's not coming out this year, but maybe it will. Maybe it will. Uh, maybe it'll come out in December. I don't know. I don't know when it's supposed to come out, but um, so I, look, it's still officially supposed to come out, so we can still consider it as part of 2024, But I and you can still say it's most anticipated, but I wouldn't be shocked if it gets pushed back because that happens these days a lot. There's definitely a lot of stuff that the industry will try to tell you is happening at a certain time, and then they just very quietly slide the date, and it takes somebody like Discussing Film to blast it to over a million people and be like, hey, so-and-so changed their release date. So who knows? So, sometimes it's very, sure. very subtle. Sometimes it's very, very subtle, and you don't even know that it got changed until somebody else alerts you to it. So it just it just depends. Yeah, we, uh, we know too much on this thing of just like – because I, I, I love the discourse of just like – because we have leak sites and we have these trades that report on, hey, I mean all the time, this movie get greenlit and they're, this so-and-so is cast and whatever else. And some people are like, well, I wish I didn't know this. I'm just like we, we are tuned into this stuff. Like normally speaking, back in the day, you would just – a movie would just show up in theaters and you'd go watch it. <laughs> there was no lead-up. There was no announcement of what it was. You were just like, oh, there's a trailer. I'm going to go watch that movie. Um, mm -hmm. We know so much about the um, the behind-the-scenes details about these movies and the, the how, how, the, uh, how the sausage is made. And sometimes it's not as good as we'd like it to be. Man, stop saying how the sausage is made. makes me want to go have some barbecue. I know, I know. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's keep going with this. We're we're, we're doing good. Um, so far we're actually on the list. We're and, actually listing but, things now. But okay, so Stephen has a big one. Yeah, I, let's, I'm willing. Let's, I'm willing to take care of it now if you want me to. I'll run. Uh, well, it, I I will do like four or five afterwards because as as always, he he sends in a a, a very great sequence but it's almost like a small book which by the way <laughs> go buy his books he's got he's got um lemons loom like rain and then i think it's trespassing through the visages both of them yeah. part of the standalones and stepping stones franchise um so 
it's it's no it's no surprise that he was able to to create a small book for his submissions but i will basically read like everybody else's <laughs> and and give you a break afterwards because my goodness this man goes in depth well okay let's let's jump into it really quick um i promise i won't take long i'm gonna get through this okay so he starts out number five madam webb Really intrigued to see what Sony Sony has planned here. Number four, Venom three. After two two stellar installments, how could you how could this one possibly be bad? Number three, Craven the Hunter. This will clearly be Aaron Taylor Johnson's best comic book movie role. Kick ass and Quicksilver. Who? Uh, El, number two, El Moreto. Don't know if this is still happening, but hell yes. And then number one, Morbius two. It's Morbin time. <laughs> and then he adds. Okay, by now you know those are my joke entries. <laughs> we haven't got to the real list yet. Hey, actually, hey, if if Morbius two its Morbin time happens, I'll be one of the first people in the seats. Damn it! I genuinely, it's amazing that Sony hasn't done that yet because I feel like that movie might actually make money. Like it, it would, would make genuinely because the memes, man, they that's that's the kind of like meme goodwill that you cannot drum up. It has to come just from purely just internet trolls doing their thing. Like so, don't you know Sony has at least talked about it? Um, okay, and says I and I don't actually care about at all about any of those films. I think that Sony should just stop. Oh wow, okay. Um, below are my real picks. Okay, here we go. Alien Romulus at number five. This has me very curious. I didn't hate Prometheus, and I thought Covenant was good without context, but failed as a sequel to Prometheus. Felt like there was a movie missing between, and we never got the dots connected between Covenant and the original Alien. So I've been up and down on how I feel about these, this franchise. Romulus will go a different direction. It's set between Alien and Aliens. What really excites me is the fact that this that Fede Alfrez, um, Al, Al, Alvarez, I should say, um, who directed the 2013 Evil Dead reboot and Don't Breathe is working on it. To be honest, I'm more excited for the Alien TV series next year since Noah Hawley is working on it, and I loved what he did for the Marvel FX show Legion and some of what he's done from the Fargo TV series. So that show will be a prequel set 30 years before Alien. Timeline-wise, that would go pl- would place it around the time of Prometheus, but Hawley has come out and said he's ignoring the Alien origin sh- suggested by that, and I do somewhat understand that he's decided to go by his own way, even to the point by making the technology look like it matches the original film. In any case, I'm very curious to see how the Alien franchise fares now that it's coming back in, f- in more forms than one. Uh, number four. Deadpool 3. This was originally in my number three spot, but all the media coverage that has spoiled a huge thing from the film has killed some of the hype for me. Uh, even so, I wait. I will still see this, and I'm sure it'll be happy to see um, Hugh Jackman in the yellow Wolverine costume. Uh, I love how meta Deadpool can get, and I'm really interested to see how this goes with it being the only MCU release this year, at least so far. Um, Joker de Folier, Folier de Dieu. I'm sorry, I just butchered that. I'm not French. Um, three. At number three, this really is a question mark at the moment. Before the first film came out, I was not sure where it, what it needed to be a thing since I prefer the Jorgen's origin being a mystery, but there was enough wiggle room after all, and it ended up being and justifying its existence. In fact, it felt so good that we didn't need a sequel, but knowing that the sequel is a musical, I'm more open, and that allows to create its own identity. We've also – and we've seen how well DC shows like The Flash and Doom Patrol have handled musicals before uh number two 
Saw uh, Saw Eleven. Is this Eleven? Uh, I was 11. really surprised. Eleven. I was really surprised by how good a, of a character drama Saw X ended up being. Apart from the goofy mid-credit scene that makes no sense, it's just there for fan service. I was highly satisfied with the film, and it seems like the third time was the charm in rev- reviving the series. As Saw X resonated with audiences and critics alike, I'm curious to see where they take Saw 11, can, that, and they can keep that up, and that what direction it could possibly take, as it's tough to predict at the moment. And then finally, at number one, we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Come on, guys. You knew this was going to be my number one. As a fan of the classic 60s, 70s films, I was really impressed with how the reboot Caesar trilogy honored the past while forging its own path. I'd still like the lost space shuttle thread to be resolved, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this new upcoming trilogy decides to focus primarily on what ape society is like prior to such an event. The shuttle could land maybe at the end of this film at the earliest, but with this being a different continuity from the classic films, they're really free to do, try new things. I am so excited that the franchise is coming back. End quote from Steven Schinder. Always lovely to hear from him. Take a deep breath and a big bow, my dude. That's good. That's good practice though. I'm usually just, I'm usually just like talking out my ass most of the time. Um, actually reading oh. something is a bit of a challenge. Whoa! Ben just said the ass word. I, I mean, whoa! Look, I can cuss occasionally. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing's gonna beat playing cards against humanity with you, dude. <laughs> it was a classic. A classic. I still think about. I still think about that night to this day. That was an epic. And I'm also night. glad none of it was recorded. <laughs> right. This was like just as TikTok was getting popular, but it wasn't like super popular yet. It wasn't the global phenomenon that it is now. I definitely think somebody would have live streamed. <laughs> oh no. Every time, every time you had 2019, to, man, it was a different time. Every time you had to answer, when you were the judge. Eventually, people just caught on that you were reading all the answers and weren't bleeping anything out, and they would just throw in whatever card had the most cuss words in it instead of what was actually applicable to the prompt. See, that's that's the thing. That's that's why. <laughs> see, I make curse words matter. Okay, I only use them in certain things. I will curse. Okay, I don't necessarily do it in public or in front of strangers, but I will do it. And I'll make it count when I do. <laughs> Man, that was a that was a fun, fun night. Um, George Rivera's in the chat. We've actually got four people in the chat, which is kind of that's kind of odd for us. Um, he's asking, are you looking forward to Inside Out 2, Zach? I know I am. I loved the first film. Yes, I am looking forward to it strictly to see how the uh, the anxiety character plays into everything because that's a very pertinent and relevant part of our society. But is it in my top five? We'll have to find out. Mm. Um, okay, I'm going to make good on my promise. I said that I would read off several more or like all the rest of them because you read Stephen's essay. So I'm going to go through. I've caught with, my breath uh, by now. I'm okay. With, with some of the others. Well, I'll do at least two or three of them here. Um, Robin Glader's got a tied for fifth spot 
with Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. He's got it as Frozen City. I wonder if that's the translation internationally. And uh, Civil War are tied for fifth. Have you seen the trailer for A24's film Civil War yet? I I saw this and I'm I'm very I'm I'm a sucker for like post-apocalyptic alternate future type stuff. So I'm very interested in this. And the most interesting part of this is the fact that apparently Texas and California are together in a, Amer- in a new American Civil War. I'm like, how the heck does that happen? Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be. That's going to be interesting. But it's got Ron Swanson as an evil president. I want to see that. I know. That. I know. Nick Offerman is like peaking right now. And God bless America. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't expect sure. this. Ron, after, what happened? Right af- after Last of Us and now going to be in Civil War. I mean, it's this, this is going to be interesting because you've got the loyalist states, which is kind of the Midwest. You've got Western forces, which is Minnesota to Oregon and North plus Utah. You have the Florida Alliance, which is (laughs) Oklahoma to Tennessee and then down Georgia to Florida. And then, like you said, Texas and California are allied. So there's like four factions. It's not just like a North versus South type of thing. And it's definitely on my radar. For a lot of reasons, but one of them being obviously Nick Offerman. The other one being to see how Texas and California can get along, because having been to California several several times and having lived in Texas my whole life, I just don't see it. (laughs) But I also know that the director is, um, I want to say British, European of some sort. And so it's very possible that the director just didn't take into account or didn't care about the American cultural ramifications. So we'll just have to wait and see. But Civil War is definitely on my radar. It's not on my list, but it is on my radar for sure. It, it, is this Civil War, is this is this one where, where Captain America and Tony fight again? Is this a Civil War hit? It's, it's, it's a, yeah, that Civil War. Man, I haven't thought about that movie in a while. When are we gonna get uh, Captain America: was, Civil War Two? When is that? That was happen? that was our introduction to Black Panther, wasn't it? Yes, that was that was the first appearance. Man, that was that was a pretty historical uh, film when you think about it in the big picture. Now, very very comic esque because the comics do that a lot. They'll just like, yeah. like like the first appearance, the actual first appearance of Black Panther in the comics, way back in probably the sixties or seventies or whenever that was back. Um, is in a Fantastic Four comic. So, like, it's mm. actually very natural to do that, I suppose. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I thought you were going to monologue a little longer than that, and I had something else. I, I mean, down. I can. I can monologue. <laughs> I know nothing no, no, no. about Marvel Comics, but I can monologue no, like no, no, I no. do for a long time. Dude, um, one, of, one, of my, one of my proudest podcast episodes, I'm not going to say which one, but there, there was a, a podcast episode that I did one time where I did not watch the movie that we were supposed to talk about. And I've done that too. And I went purely off of like social media reactions and Wikipedia articles. And I won't reveal, I won't, I won't reveal, I won't reveal what it is, but I did that too. Once I didn't watch the movie all the way through. Yeah. Um, for reasons. 
we've also also there was a one early on um i'll reveal this one because i've talked about it before and this is not a secret um we told you you brought up captain america the winter soldier and i went on to talk at length about how great the movie was at that point i had not seen the movie <laughs> oh, just a good man. liar i guess we are we're con men that's what we are does any of this matter? Have we seen any of the stuff we're talking about? Who knows? I guess you just find out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Godzilla Kong, The New Empire, Ghostbusters, and Civil War tied for fifth on Robin's list. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes checks in at number four. Furiosa at number three. Romulus at number two. And Dune Part Two rounds out Robin's list at number one. And then, interestingly enough, Dune Part 2 is also number one on Andrew Haley's list, along with Ghostbusters Frozen Empire at the second spot, Deadpool 3 at the third spot, Joker 2 at number four, and in the fifth spot, Rebel Moon Part 2. All of these, all of these are sequels. <laughs> and I, and it's, it's not a knock on Andrew's list. It's an example of what is going on this year. That when we ask somebody for their five movies they're looking forward to the most, all five of them could be sequels to something else that is out there. And that that's just it's it's wild to me. I don't think I've ever had a list that was all sequels before. And and I don't know how many times that's actually happened on the show, but it's probably going to be happening a lot tonight. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, let me see. You put out the call to everybody. I'm going to circle back to Matthias real quick because these are two easy lists. Kenny has Beetlejuice number two at the five spot. Joker two at four. Challengers at number three. Mm. Dune Dune part two at number two. And then Deadpool three is number one for Kenny. Um, I hate to sound um, ignorant. But what's Challengers? I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> While you do that, do that I'm going to list off uh, Jake's list. Oh, Challengers is... I'm sorry to interrupt, but Challengers is a... I believe it's a based on a true story movie? Zendaya movie? Mm. A tennis player turned coach has transformed her husband from a mediocre player. It's just too long to read. I thought I, thought okay. I was going to get like... I thought I got like a one-sentence synopsis. It's, it's way a, more than that. Sorry. It's a Zendaya movie based on a true story. Comes out my birthday, 2024, April 26th. Oh, how about that? How about that? I probably won't see it, especially on my birthday, but it's it's coming then anyway. So that, that's, that's when it's, it, that's it's when rated it. R sports slash romance. Okay. Ooh. So Tom Holland needs to be jealous. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the trailer is Zendaya kissing two dudes. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's the one that was so talked about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Kind of yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Little, a little raunchy. A little spicy. Yeah, okay. Got it. Uh, Jake's list. I'm curious to see how Gladiator 2 turns out. He's also got Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Joker 2, Dune 2, and Deadpool 3. Another one that is all sequels. Kenny, thank you for having one list that's not all sequels. Kenny, pick, Kenny always brings the he brings it. OK, he does his homework Kenny, the real MVP tonight. No, nah, you all are. You all are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, man. Uh, Matthias sent in a really awesome list. And now it's my turn to read stuff off, although it's not nearly as much as what you just read. But 
This is an exciting year to be sure, Matthias says, both in TV and film. Echo has already gotten Marvel off to a good start, and Percy Jackson has been pretty great as well. And we will have more Doctor Who, more Star Wars, and so much else fun stuff. And that is just TV. Even the honorable mentions are strong this year. Mine are Kung Fu Panda 4. Love the former ones, not expecting this one to be as good, but still fun to watch. Joker 2, skeptical but interested in this madness. Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. Spooky, scary skeletons. This is going to be some crazy fun. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I have much hype for this movie. It's going to be interesting to see it through this new era. And now on to the actual list. At number five, Furiosa. Man, this is going to be fun, and Anya Taylor-Joy is going to crush this role. I know it. And the story looks like it's going to be very epic, to say the least. Number four, Deadpool 3. This looks like it's going to be very interesting and crazy. Hopefully it saves Marvel, even though I have liked much of what we have gotten in the last years. Uh, either way, it looks like we're going to have very much fun with this one. At number three, Sonic 3. If I am right, this will probably be one of the most ambitious movies of the year because the game that most of the story is based on is also very ambitious, and that makes me extremely excited, even if it is not going to be the best movie of the year. You know, that's the thing. There's going to be a lot of enjoyment factor in a lot of these movies, so it doesn't matter if they're sequels. I think it's it, – we, we ask them what are they anticipating, what are they looking forward to, and I think that's an important thing to remember. Um, sorry, at number two, Dune number two. Uh, the first one was very action-packed, and this next one looks to be as epic as last time. Let's just hope it has bigger story focus as well. And then at number one, Inside Out 2. Well, here's looking at you, George. There's somebody that's got Inside Out 2 as their most anticipated of the year. Now, this looks like it'll bring out the feels again, even if it won't meet the high standards of the first one. I'm probably going to cry again, but it won't matter because these types of stories are still very touching Either way. True. Very true. Great list. Ugh, I need a quick drink. <laughs> um, do we mm. do we do we do we get the ones from uh from the post socials? You may go over those really quick. Uh, if you don't mind, um yeah. I think we're done with the with the hangout, so I can close that tab. Yeah, yeah. And okay, then, let's uh, let's we got one from Tick we can not TikTok. We're not on TikTok. TikTok. We got one from the Twitter, and we got one from Threads. And then from there, we will go straight into our list, which I think I actually have my list kind of sorted out. I've Fine, got maybe. four out of five. Okay, so we, <laughs> you still got a couple more minutes. Okay, a couple more minutes. Uh, so, so we will first go uh, to Emperor Edits one on Twitter, who says, number five, Madam Webb, number four, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, number three, Craven the Hunter, number two, Venom 3, and number one, Deadpool 3. And uh, we also have from Threads, it's Michael Michael Len MC, I think is the handle. Um, and he says, they say, um, Dune 2, Deadpool 3, Godzilla X Kong, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, and Argyle. Or Giles getting some uh getting some getting some good love tonight and uh yeah it's coming up pretty soon it's we're we're already we're kind of doing this show later than we normally do so um yeah it's uh we're we're it's already a couple I mean like this Jason Statham movie the Beekeeper I think it's already out so <laughs> there's a few there's a few in the theaters already. Well, you got to have something playing at this time of the year, don't you? True. And it's like I think the whole summer blockbuster thing has kind of been ruined. I feel like you can kind of release a movie any time of the year. Like it used to be like summer, that was it. Then then Avatar was like 
we'll do December. And then Star Wars is like, we'll do that too. And then from now, it's just like you can have a, a movie come out in February and can be a hit. Well, I mean, honestly, I feel like the first Deadpool movie was the one that set the trend for that because it came out Valentine's Day. That's true. Yeah, and that was huge. That was a that was a big movie that came out well off of the original planned uh, movie slate timeline, and it, it it did super super well. So. I think I think they've just learned it's like it's depends on the movie. It's it's less it's less the time and more just the movie. If it's if it's not a good movie, it's not going to go anywhere. But if it's a really good movie like a Star Wars or an Avatar or a Deadpool, it's gonna it's gonna rake in the cash. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very possible. Um, okay, I guess we're to our list then, are we? I suppose so. How many honorable mentions do you have? I have I have one. Okay, I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. I've got two, and I'll well, okay, explain why. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw in a second one. I had one in there, and I deleted it. I'm putting it back in. Okay, that's fine. Um, so one of one of my honorable mentions, I don't know if it's actually coming out this year. It, it has had very little promotion. It's had very little discussion. Um, next to nothing has been told about it other than just the concept. And if it does come out, it'll be like the last quarter of the year. Um, I just I don't I don't know if I see it happening. If it does come out, it'll be like Thanksgiving or Christmas. So it's a long way off. But if it does come out, I'm going to be interested in seeing uh, Mufasa because I just I grew up on the Lion King franchise. Yeah. And I want to see how Mufasa came to be and if there's any integration into the Lion Guard lore, because, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that gets talked about in the Lion Guard regarding Mufasa and his brother Scar and, you know, the roles that they played and things like that. And I, I'm curious to see if anything of that is going to get incorporated. It probably won't, but I'll still watch it. And then the other honorable mention is if. It's one of the only original movies out there, and it looks completely wholesome and super sweet. I saw a little um, featurette about it, and you could just tell how passionate John Krasinski and Ryan Reynolds were about this project. And I I think it's got um, a ton of potential. And it's very reminiscent of Inside Out with the idea that you can have these imaginary friends and – uh, who knows what happens to them when you kind of outgrow them? So it, it's got like a live action inside out slash Coco vibe to them where like you don't want them to get forgotten, kind of like they do with Coco. You don't want your your ancestors to get forgotten. But um, but they're doing it with imaginary friends. So if looks like it's got a lot of potential as well. Great choices. Great choices um, for me, for mine. um I'll I'll throw in I'll throw in Civil War, okay? I uh I I I did post publicly that I poo pooed the idea. <laughs> I was like, what do we need this in this current political climate? I was being very uppity with my political opinions. Um, but um, I still I I still go back to like the concept of the movie, like you know, in a in a in a vacuum. I'm very interested to see like what this movie is gonna be, where it's gonna be. It's it's got. Jesse Plemons and uh, Kirsten Dunst, real life husband and wife, are going to be in it. Like it's a pretty stacked cast. Like so, very um things. Also, really like the what kind of American are you? Like that that like oh man, <laughs> that yeah that's a, that's that's also that's a good line and also it's it's almost 
it's almost too close to home. It's a little um, too real. Yeah. It's on the nose. Um, but yes, um, maybe maybe it'll have something to say. Um, unfortunately, we're in election year and uh, things are going to start heating up on that front and the whole BS stuff. Um, not looking forward to that. But maybe this movie will have something to say about that. I'm all about social commentary, so who knows? Um, the only other thing I will say is uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. This movie, obviously, I'm very anticipating it. I am very much of the mind that it probably won't come out this year, but we can assume it will. So I'm mentioning it. I've got to mention it um, because I think I maybe further up on my list. If I if it was like more confident that it was going to come out this year because I am really looking forward to it. Um, but maybe those surprises, who knows? Um, I'm not going to, not going to pretend to be just one of these insiders, but um, it definitely deserves a mention because if it does come out this year, it's going to be a banger. Yeah, it's, it's on my list. I'm 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 holding out for a hero. So, well, hey, keep the keep the faith, keep the faith. Don't be a pessimist like me. Oh, I wouldn't call you a pessimist. <laughs> I've known you long enough not to call you that. Well, I would hope not. Okay, on to our number fives then. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Let's go. This is the one that that was really really hard for me because um, I was at, over the course of the podcast. I was scraping out some of those different submissions in pencil to see which one would uh, make the cut. And uh, I was down to Dune 2 and Romulus 1, uh, or Alien Romulus, I'm sorry, um, War of the Rohirrim, um, Kung Fu Panda 4, If was on that list, just barely didn't make the cut. But you know what? It it ultimately had to come down to what I was excited about, what I was anticipating. I don't expect it to be Oscar worthy. I don't expect it to be anything more than just a fun romp. And I've enjoyed the fun romps that this franchise has been on over the last several years. And I'm going to say that my number five most anticipated is going to be Godzilla X Kong, A New Empire. Ooh. I, I I know it's a CGI fest. I know that there's not a whole lot of human development that happens. I know that they could do better because Godzilla minus one just proved it. But I still enjoy it. I, I still like how much of a popcorn flick these franchises are. Godzilla versus Kong was so much fun to watch because it, it's so unbelievable. It's so unrealistic that... It just goes beyond the scope of needing to suspend your disbelief because you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but in such a fun way, I, I don't really know any other way to describe it other than those kinds of intangibles that this is something that I am looking forward to. And this is my list. So I am putting Godzilla X Kong. Hey, I mean, it's it's a good choice, and it's 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 a movie that I, I I go back to that thing, and I wasn't the person to say this, um, but it's true. Like I like the the nuance and the the the, the whole thing with happening with the Godzilla universe. You have the 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 really grounded, you know, huge scale of Godzilla minus one. You have the just insanity that is what's going on with the the monsterverse with Godzilla X Kong and all that kind of stuff, and then you have the the very nuanced human story that's happening with the you know the the the, the what's the TV show um you know with uh, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell Monarch. like Monarch. So like I think that's kind of best of all the worlds. 
Honestly, I think that's the way that goes. Like, if you if you don't like the craziness that is Godzilla X Kong, well, there's something else for you. Like, there's something for everybody. That's good. This is true. It's a very big franchise. I, part of the reason why I've been getting into Godzilla was because I wanted to get caught up on uh, on Monarch. And like yeah, in the very yeah. first scene, like before you ever get to the plot, you see John Goodman. And my wife was like, "Wait, John Goodman is in this?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you haven't seen." skull island have you and she was like no and i was like well let me go to my dvd collection and pull that puppy out and the next thing you know we're watching skull island we're watching king of the monsters we're watching versus kong uh we went and watched minus one like right now we're kind of zilla heads in this household which is fun I love I love hyperfixation. I love just like getting into something and just sure. focusing on it and binging in. It's great stuff. Great stuff. I can't wait for minus one to be on Blu-ray. I'm That's, I'm 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 getting a physical copy of that. And if it's got the combo pack where you can get it in black and white, I'm getting that. That's the stuff. That is the stuff. Okay, okay. So let's let's move on to my number five. Switch gears a little bit, because Spoiler alert, it's not Godzilla X Kong. Um, it is, and this one surprised me that it ended up on my list. Argyle is my number five. And really? it's I swear a few weeks ago I would not have put this on my list. But it started really amping up the the marketing campaign for this movie. I kept seeing more of the trailers, stuff like that. And I sort of think like that movie has a stacked cast you've got you've got obviously bryce dallas howard sam jackson um henry cavill um sam rockwell um and the the premise is really interesting i recently as i talked about previously on the podcast recently watched kingsman obviously you've got matthew vaughn who's who's known for kind of these wacky kind of spy-esque things and like the idea of like it's a kind of a movie within a movie you've got argyle which is maybe a fictional character played by henry cavill and then you have the author who is played by bryce dallas howard and she gets wrapped up in something and there's a cat involved like i don't know it looks insane and i'm like i'm basically i'm gonna wait for the reviews to come in but like if i hear good things i'm heading to the theater to watch it because it's it does look very very intriguing a lot of the people it got mentioned a lot tonight so i think a lot of people are on the same page with me like this movie looks pretty good. I think it could be one, maybe one of the one of the biggest, bigger hits, the earlier bigger hits of the year. It's always nice when when movies are able to um, start their year off on a high note, like exactly. the, the the like the movie cycle. I don't know if 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 I'm wording it correctly, but whenever you can whenever you can start the year with something that's enjoyable it kind of gives people hope for how the rest of the year might turn out. So I'm not rooting against Argyle per se, but it won't be on my list. Unfortunately, (laughs) I will say at least it's like, doesn't have much competition right now, which true. They did that a lot less like mission impossible, dead reckoning, which was easily one of the best movies released last year. Bombed. Because it was released too close to Barbenheimer. And right. like, I'm just like, 
it, that movie should have come out in February or March or something. Like, come on. Like, you know, it should not – they should not be squeezing these movies in like they are. So I'm like – I'm hoping like, okay, yeah, if Argyle's good and has a good word of the mouth, it will it will continue running. Like that that will actually work. I could see that because that's, that's kind of what happened with um, Minus One. It just – it picked up enough momentum. It had enough following. It, it was making enough money that its stay got extended. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see that happening. Cause I don't even, I don't even know what's next. Like, I don't know what the next movie is to expect until like March or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, maybe Madam web maybe. Cause that's, that's yeah. starting. They're, they're starting. I can usually tell when the next movie is coming just based on the marketing. I'm seeing a lot of Madam web stuff, which I don't care anything about. I'm with, I'm with Steven on this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but so I think that one's probably around the corner. Yeah. I want to say that's probably February, but I think there's an animated film that's coming out in March. I want to say it's either despicable me or, uh, okay, Panda. so Argyle, Argyle, um, February second, um, and then we've got the Bob Marley movie, February fourteenth, Madam Web, February fourteenth, also. So we got a as a, a, a Marley Web. <laughs> we doing another thing, <laughs> Madame Marley? I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> Anywho, you're number four, sir. I, uh, number four, I mentioned that it's going to be on my list, but I don't have it as high um, as as some of the other things. Not because I, I think less of it. I think I'm just more excited for some of these other things. And so I th- this it's going to get more and more tough the closer to the top we get. Like four, three and two are all very high hype for me. And then number one is like steps above. But we'll get there. Um Number four for me is going to be Beyond the Spider-Verse. I, um, I, I, I sincerely hope slash expect that it's going to be coming out this year. I loved, loved the cliffhanger that we were left on um, with Across the Spider-Verse. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was one of the best cliffhanger cinematic endings that we've had since Empire Strikes Back, where you're just left wondering what's going to happen next. How are our heroes going to get out of this mess? All of that sort of thing. Um, Absolutely loved it. And I really, really hope that we don't end up with a dud like Return of the Jedi was. And yeah, yeah, I went there (laughs) and that uh, that we get a good a good conclusion to something that had a really great setup. So um, beyond the Spider-Verse. I mean, it's not it's not unprecedented. I mean, come on. I mean, there's been a lot of. uh... There's a lot, a lot of franchises that poop the bed with with the, with the third movie. Let's just be honest. Like, there's uh for every for every Revenge of the Sith, you have a Return of the Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it's um the, the third movies, it's it's really for, hard to stick to landing sometimes. Um, for every Return of the King, you've got a Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, who knows? We'll we'll see how it is. But yeah, that they have a hell of a cliffhanger there. And uh, I have nothing but faith in that team. It's weird how I have I do I could I literally could not care less about like any of the Sony movies, <laughs> the live action Sony movies from Marvel. But like the animation stuff, I'm like, give me more. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that boat. I'll probably watch Madame Web when it comes on a streamer, though, just for the alternate universe exploration type of thing that they do. And I feel like there's going to be some sort of a cameo in there that we don't know about yet. Possible. Yeah, there's been some interesting discourse about that recently. So um, mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, if I hear good things, maybe I'll watch it for free on It'll probably be on Disney on, Plus at on, some point. <laughs> on on Tubi or something. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Um, is it is it time for my number four then? I believe so. All right. So not much more can be said about this movie. We've already talked about it quite a bit, so I'll just breeze through this so we can get to some more topics. But um my number four is Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. As previously mentioned, it's just you know, I I, I really did enjoy a Godzilla versus Kong. Um, it's crazy that movie is was not the best movie of whenever we, I saw that 2021, but it was the first movie I saw after COVID. So yeah. in a theater, so it was very special. And it, I think it genuinely was great. I need to go actually revisit that one, but um, it was a lot of fun. And I like the MonsterVerse when I've seen of it. So you know, I think the balls to the walls, just insanity that 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 movie universe has become. I think I'm I'm all in for it. So. Uh, yeah, this one's definitely up there for me. How much of the MonsterVerse have you seen? I have seen... I saw Skull Island. I've seen Godzilla vs. Kong. And I think that's it. I'm very far behind on that. I've seen, like... It's weirdly, I've seen, like, all, like, the most of the recent movies, but I haven't seen some of the earlier stuff. I would only recommend... King of the Monsters. Really? Um, the 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 original Godzilla movie didn't really set the franchise off on the right foot, in my opinion. Mm. And all of the context that you need is available in the other films. So, um, every every like essential piece that you'll need, you can get from other installments. So, I would I would just pass over the first Godzilla movie entirely, and start with king of the monsters i think i think king of the monsters and skull island are the two movies that best set up godzilla versus kong interesting um, i'll i'm I've, I've some one of these days i promise i will i will get back and i'll just uh i'll binge it all i'll, I'll go through everything and uh, i'll at least get king of the monsters because i've heard a lot of good things about that one for sure i enjoyed it but that, that doesn't mean it's for everybody but uh, Steven says, I thought King of the Monsters was the best MonsterVerse movie. So I don't know what I don't know what kind of selling point that is for you. But um, yeah, that's well, look, that's I a good trust, endorsement. I trust you guys, my friends, way more than I trust any kind of critic, whatever else. Like, you know, if I see like, oh, it's like it's got it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. But then like if you come on this podcast, you're like, this this movie's good. You should see it. I'm like, OK. And then and then there's the times when you're like, yeah, that uh, was a couple years ago that. uh, Yeah, that uh, that um, Jungle Cruise movie. Don't waste your money. I was like, I'm not. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, it's not even worth your time, really. (laughs) Not even like time is money and money is important, you know, and uh, it's just I'm just thinking I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm just thinking of. uh, Parks and Rec. Time is money. Money is pizza. Mean is money is. Yes, yes. 
Man, I love that show. So good. Uh, and, I, and I love that you made that reference. Thank you for that. that Always. Brought, Always. Brought a smile to my face. Okay. On to my number three. This is one that has not been on anybody else's list. Oh. Has not been mentioned by literally anybody else. And now I'm starting to doubt whether it's actually coming out this year because nobody else posted it. <laughs> I may have just made an ass of myself. Give me like 10 seconds to make sure that this movie is actually coming out this year. Because if I... I mean, I, I, I mean, there's all, I mean, there's always a possibility of something could get pushed up too. That does happen. Mm. Occasionally. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, it is coming out. It's got a release date for June, so it's coming out. Oh, it's coming okay. out this summer. Um, my number three is something from a franchise that I feel like has really, really, um, captivated the world in a very different way, in a way that. Other franchises have tried to mimic and have failed. And I, I think the originality of this and I think um, the premise and even the writing, the, the the creativity of it all is something that has left me wanting more. And so until I get the sequel, I am more than happy to spend my money and my time watching the prequel. And that is A Quiet Place Day One. Oh, yeah. A Quiet Place Day One is not on anybody's list, but it's supposed to come out this summer. And it takes a look at what happens when they first land, when those creatures first um, take take the take the world by storm, as it were. And it's got a really great cast and it's going to be produced by. Uh, Michael Bay and John Krasinski mm. and it's going to have Lupita Nyong'o as one of the stars and so it's it's Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things is also going to be in it and uh, Jamon Honsu from uh, Quiet Place 2, Guardians of the Galaxy so many other things he's also going to be a part of it so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing what this original story by John Krasinski is going to bring uh, to the franchise. I feel like it does post-apocalyptic reality better than stories like Bird Box. Bird Box tried to do a story in Barcelona and it really didn't work, but I think Quiet Place franchise has the potential to do a lot of world building, kind of like what um, The Walking Dead tried to do with Fear the Walking Dead being set like in California, I think. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity for this to be a global thing where you can see different people experiencing the same event through different lenses. And I, I think Quiet Place Day One is going to be a part of a much bigger cinematic franchise that shows what transpired worldwide. That, yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm always, again, apocalypse movies like that, which is weird. I, I've, I've, I've not gotten around to Quiet Place yet, but like I am very intrigued by that. And like going back and like that's intriguing to me of like, OK, where did this start? How did this happen? Um, You know, that's that's interesting. Um, The dull day one thing. And I'm come on, stack cast. That's 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 intrigue alone. I hope so. 
I hope so. So uh, this June, be on the lookout for A Quiet Place Day One, number three on my list. All right. Well, my number three is not that because I still need to watch the first two Quiet Places. I'm sorry. Dude. Um, but um, this one is one – it's a sequel to a movie that we saw just a few years ago that I really did enjoy, and I've recently gotten into this franchise, and I, I really am enjoying it. Um, and uh, I, it probably – weirdly, it didn't get enough love tonight. Um, it's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, which was a trailer that um, kind of surprised me this year. Um, that came out, I think, a couple months ago, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a lot going for it. Very action heavy. Got a lot of people that I love. I mean, come on. You got Bill Murray, Paul Rudd of, of, uh, yeah, just a bunch of very funny people, very cool people. And, uh, the premise seemed interesting. Um, back in New York, I think something that I think the, I think obviously Ghostbusters fans have been through it in, in anticipating, you know, a proper Ghostbusters three and all this kind of stuff. I think this it seems like it's the closest to that. And they're also talking about it being kind of wacky and more in line with like a episode of the real Ghostbusters, which is an animated series that goes back way back in the day. So um, there. Um, yeah, this was I really enjoyed Afterlife. So I'm like, OK, this is this is up my alley. I'm really looking forward to this one. See, I enjoyed Afterlife as well, but. I just don't know how they're going to top it. That's the pressure is you, you've got to find a way to improve upon, to build upon something that you've already done. And afterlife to me felt like a standalone, like that wraps up the story in a neat little bow. We're done. Let's move on. But because it made so much money, now the franchise is like, we're back baby. And here's New York and all kinds of other fan service. So, I don't know. Like fan service is good and it'll probably get a lot of people into the theaters. Um, I just hope that that's not all that it is, especially for people like Joey's sake who are so invested in the franchise that it needs to be more than just fan service trope after trope after trope. It needs to have substance. And I guess my, my concern is exactly how much substance it'll end up having. Right. Yeah. They, again, need to stick to landing with that they need to make it work it can't just be you know nostalgia bait which i think i think is something that they have to deal with and it's it's very much of i compared afterlife to the force awakens which i think is a movie they're they're both movies that kind of deal with um nostalgia i think in a pretty healthy way and do it in a very ingenious way of like let's do something new, but let's include the old cast and let's do something different and whatever else. Jurassic World also. It's kind of these these kind of new. Somebody put a word to it. It's like like you know, it's a it's, it's a it's a nostalgic prequel in a way. It's not just starting over from scratch. Um, and I think they've done it well. I think they need to hopefully try to continue that and go like, okay, now we're you know we're 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 moving forward with new characters, but also the old characters are here and how are they going to deal with this? Um, because it's not an easy balance. No, it is not. It, it is not. And and that's not to say that I'm not looking forward to it. I, I very much am. It's just, I guess there's other stuff that I'm looking forward to a little bit more. And that's part of the beauty of, of all of the different films that we're talking about tonight. Absolutely. 
Okay, on to oh. number two. We are on number two. We're on to number two. Um, number two is another one that's like neck and neck up there with um, Quiet Place and, and Beyond the Spider-Verse as far as my hype level for them. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited that we are getting a continuation of this franchise. Everything that I've seen about it looks awesome. I think, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, this is me, Zach Arnold, all by myself. <laughs> I think that this is the best, most consistent um, science fiction franchise that has been giving us regular installments this century. And I know that's a, a big, bold claim. Yeah. But I dare you to try to name me something that has done better. And I'm talking about the Planet of the Apes franchise. You look at Rise in 2009, then you look at Dawn, and then you look at, um, shoot, what was the third one? Uh, it was uh, Rise, Dawn, War. War for the Planet of the Apes. Those three movies were so good in their own respective ways. And the CGI is only getting better and it, and it feels like it's just going to continue to improve. Steven corrects me saying that it was in 2011. I don't know why I thought it was 2009. It's all a blur to me. It was, I was so I, confident. I was so confident in that too. I was like, look at this all the way back in 09, but rise dawn and war are, are three just fantastic installments of a franchise that has been around for decades. I'm not going to say the year now because Steven's in my head. He's gotten rattled. <laughs> I'm not going to say what year it came around. I want to say it was in he's a, 60s. He's just quietly four. eroding your confidence. Right. Right. But the, the apes franchise is one that has been intriguing people since the sixties, I believe. And yeah, I think you're right on money there. And it, and it continues to intrigue in a new way. And for a new generation, starting with Rise in 2011. And this feels like a really good continuation. And I agree with what Steven said in, in his examination of, of this film as well. And it's, it, it just it has so much to, to anticipate. It has so much to dive into. I'm going to be examining the backgrounds, trying to see if there's any like hints of humanity lurking in the background like we saw in war with the coca-cola truck and things like that things that have become even more like a relic than they already have been it just all of it is so immersive and so creative and so well done and i'm i'm really excited that this franchise is back and i i think it's it's going to be a, a a good popcorn flick i don't think it's going to win a whole lot of academy awards or anything but I think it'll be a good installment, and I think it'll be very well talked about. Well, 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 I love that this is your number two. Well, because it's also my number two. Hey, and, we're um, finally on the same page. Yeah, and uh, I think we all, I mean, look, we, we did we did that series. I watched those movies for IPC. We did, I think we, in the lead up to War for yeah. the Planet of the Apes, we, we did yeah. all the, the, the trilogy. I still contend that that's one of the 
best trilogies of the last decade. Like it's those movies were all incredible. I really need to revisit them because they're just so amazing. And so my hype level really next to one other movie couldn't be higher for this one. Especially we just got the trailer and we're getting more information about it. Apparently it's set 300 years after War for the Planet of the Apes. So that's interesting that's that's just blowing my mind like where where this could go and how this things and apparently the the new character i don't know his name he has no idea who caesar is so this is going to be a discovery for him um i don't know where they're going with this but it looks incredible and i have nothing but faith that this will be amazing amazing movie and i'm it's supposed to be setting up another trilogy so i'm like yes sign me up for this movie i'm so excited um i'm i i don't think i've even seen all of the original movies we, we watched the first planet of the apes movie that's the only one i've seen i'm not a huge fan of the franchise per se um but like those movies really pulled me in so um yeah this one is my number two as well i have a feeling that you and i may have uh the same number one as well I'm I'm starting to think that. <laughs> Considering what we've talked about and what still remains. And there's there's one noticeably absent movie. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it uh somebody dressed in red and somebody dressed in yellow? I, I'm yeah, I I think I think that if I memory serves me correctly, yes. Well, why why don't you lead off then, sir? If we've got the same number one, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead and rant and rave about our mutual number ones then well yeah i think uh, i think it's fair to say that both of our number ones but specifically my number one is deadpool three um it goes without saying i'm a huge marvel fan and i'm, I'm a, i love the the deadpool movies i love deadpool character i love hugh jackman's wolverine and we really didn't think this was going to happen to have him back so all of that is to say that i'm very much looking forward to deadpool three and this being the first Deadpool movie in the MCU, and I don't want to get into spoilers because there's a lot of spoilers out there and a lot of set photos like that. But um, what I've seen so far has really got me intrigued. I'm like, okay, this I think they're gonna do this movie right. I think the Deadpool movies, like I see clips online, I'm like, ah oh, man, you know, I uh, I famously poo-pooed the first Deadpool movie um <laughs> a couple of times on this podcast and uh. I don't know if I stand by those statements or not. I'm about to go revisit them, but um, I really did like Deadpool too. I thought that was an amazing movie, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to this one. So yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here and how this interfaces with the MCU. But it is definitely not my number one. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. It's it's my number one as well, just for the crossover. Like the the crossover alone is going to be amazing. But then to have connections to the MCU, to be able to uh, have have certain integrations with the Fox Marvel that has been a part of our generation for years. Um, I want to say the first Patrick Stewart X-Men came out in like one or something. So Hugh Jackman has been at this for years. Oh, yeah. Literally decades. And then he's really great friends with Ryan Reynolds and Reynolds has done a fantastic job as the Deadpool character and, and just self-deprecating humor. You know, even in the first movie, he, he made jokes about the green lantern and, and like, you know, just don't give me a green suit or anything like that. Like 
like the writing is so clever the action is so unique the storytelling is modern and accessible to adults with crude senses of humor it's it's just it's the complete package for action and superhero movies and man i am really needing help with these movie dates because steven says the first one came out in 2000 like he just needs to be our producer and do all the research for us and i'll be like i think it came out around this time and he's like actually it's this one (laughs) Oh my God, I am really messing up that stuff. Tonight. Look, as Sorry, far as God. I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, 2003 was like a year ago. Okay, that that's that's my perception of time. I I honestly have a hard time believing that 2017 was seven years ago. I thought it was longer than that. <laughs> like I it feels I gra- longer than that. Like I that's graduated. The, year the last Jedi came out. That was like a freaking two decades ago. I, I graduated from college in 2017, and I, I still try to think of myself as a recent college graduate. And then I look back at that, and I'm like, oh hell no, that was that was seven years ago. Oh hell! Anytime I look at the calendar, oh hell no. Oh hell no! Like my wife is stressing because she's she's hitting a, a pretty big milestone birthday this year, and I'm like, lady, I've already hit that milestone, and let me tell you, my back hurts. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I was I was on a Star Wars General podcast the other day, and and Hannah and Dominic were like talking, and like you know like oh how old they are. I'm like oh come on, Hannah was born in 1999. I remember when 1999 oh, was. Don't Lord. give me don't give me this. Don't give me this, y'all y'all youngsters. Oh Lord. Okay, here's some here's some perspective for you. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember the the facts exactly. Um, but I believe that if, um, let me see, they did 30 years ago. Okay. So if back to the future were happening today, <laughs> oh no, they would be going back in time to 1993. Oh, give me a break. Because <laughs> they're in 1985 going back to 1955. So that's 30 years. So if you take off 30 years from where we're at right now, Back to the Future would actually be going back to 1994 because we're in 2024. Just absurd. Time has no meaning. It's just, I. Uh, Steven's in the chat saying the one where they all turn 30. And I'm like, man, that is a great Friends episode. Oh, my goodness. Because Joey freaks out and he's like, why, God, why? But going back to Deadpool, I I think this has the potential to be like a bridge between Fox Marvel and the MCU. I think it has an opportunity for Disney to show that it's willing to get a little edgier. I think mm-hmm. Echo also proved that quite a bit. True, true. Um, so I think it, it'll be an interesting test to see just how much leeway Disney gave to Ryan Reynolds to make this movie the way he wants to make it. Um, and I, I think uh, as a whole, it'll be a very satisfying conclusion to a longstanding series. I think a decade. Didn't it come out in 2014? I keep doing this to myself. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for failure. Where I'm like, didn't Look, it come out around this if time? We're, if we're talking about a time? movie we've seen, it came out in the past. If we're talking about a movie we're anticipating, it came out in the future. Nothing else matters. 
Nothing really matters. Anyone can see. 2016. Man, I'm just not on it. See, I'm doing my own research now. But uh, the, the first Deadpool movie came out in 16. We're getting the finishing touches in uh, in in 2024. So eight years of storytelling that have just been super awesome. And I can't wait to see what's next. I completely agree. It's going to be a wild ride. Next 12, next 12 ish months. We'll see. Oh, man. I have drank up all my water and we've still got more talking points. Well, this we've is... got, we got, we got like one, one more thing ish. <laughs> sort of. I, I promised George that we would, that we would do a Avatar The Last Airbender trailer and we'll do a uh, Bad Batch season three trailer. Um, how about we do a echo discussion on the bonus episode? That's we, because fine with me. it'll, it'll be, it'll be fitting because we're going to be talking about our anticipated TV shows and then we'll talk about a really good TV show on the TV show episode. That, that works. I, I don't want to rush echo. And also right. I think, I, would, I think I'd like to think about it a little bit more, maybe even revisit some other episodes because I have a lot to say about it. There's a lot going on in echo that I think I it too. deserves, it deserves some time. It really deserves our, our full attention. Um, and it's getting late, guys. Fortunately, we say that all the time, but it's true. Okay, it well, is getting late. <laughs> and and we spent forty minutes talking about an icebreaker that was supposed to last two minutes. I know. One <laughs> one of these days we'll learn, but it is not this day. This is this is why we need a producer to be like, hurry it up, guys, finish up. Yeah, we need really need somebody to watch. We need we need Edna. Was we need we need Edna just sitting in the corner going just tapping her watch going like, "Come on guys, seriously. What are you doing?" You know, I I I feel bad cuz I did that to my church pastor on Sunday. <laughs> oh, seriously? He was so we were we were volunteering in the kids ministry. We were we were doing the kids Sunday school class and he was supposed to release the kids at 11:30. And oh. I get in there like 1128 and he's still doing announcements. And he's he 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 loves to elaborate. He doesn't just like breeze through them. He he tries to convince people this is why you should go to this event. This is why you should go to this event, etc. And he kept doing that until 1145. You yeah, that's that's especially um Especially in the uh, in the Bible Belt, okay. You, mm-hmm. you look, you look, people, people got stuff to do, okay. We they got we, they got we, lunches, look, they got lunches to get to. Look, I'm telling you, we love Jesus, okay, about here, but you know, we ain't got time for that, okay. The buffet, you know, we got to get there the, before the Pentecostals Dude. do, okay. So we better, you better wrap it up. Around here, it's the Catholics, but yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's um, like if if we don't if we don't get to to Ponchos or Lubies on time, then there's not going to be any food left. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will I will not go into any more detail about this because it could be a sensitive topic and I especially won't mention <laughs> any names. But all I'll say is uh, my family straight up left a church one time um, because, uh, uh, yeah, the preacher just didn't know when to stop. <laughs> I think he thought he was Billy Graham. He just like kept going and going and going and just like. Dude, just make a point. You can do this. You can make the same point in 30 minutes, I swear. Well, that's the thing, is the whole church service was supposed to be done by 1215. And he didn't even release the kids until a half hour before that. 
Oh yeah, that's that's not that's no good. So I put up a three zero in the air, and he's like, "We've got thirty what, Zach?" And I just tap my watch. And he goes, <laughs> "Oh, we got thirty minutes." Okay, and he said it kind of resignedly, like, "Okay," as if he knew I was like holding him accountable. But I, I feel bad because I did it like very publicly. So yeah, I I'll need- I'll I'll do that with with my dad sometimes because uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm 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 more on the impatient side than some of my family members, so I'm just like, mm. and then I feel bad about it. Then I'm because I'm like, we gotta go do this thing, and you we gotta stop talking. And then then I'll feel bad later, and then I'm like, okay, you know. So you you gotta it's 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 a give or take thing. Well, I've known the man for over 20 years, probably probably closer to 30 years. I think I've known him for like 25 years or something like wow. that at, at least. So I hope I have that kind of relationship, but it's definitely not something I'm gonna do on a regular basis. So. Yeah. Let's consider this my public apology, and then I'll make a private one to him later. <laughs> but take care of business. But we promised George that we would do a uh, a review of a couple of trailers, particularly Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then we'll finish with some Star Wars about that. That sounds perfectly fine to me. Um, George mentioned that he really, really loved the way the Avatar: The Last Airbender Netflix trailer looked. Excuse me. And I am in agreement. The visual aspect of it is great i will say though i was hoping for just a little more humor and i'm hoping that they'll incorporate it a little bit more into the show itself um a lot of what they depicted in the trailer looked very dark and gritty and that's not what this show is about avatar was an adventure show it was a coming of age show it had humor because it was a bunch of adolescents that were traveling around the world on a floating ball of fur and so, like, it needs a little bit more of that charm. And I think they were leaning too heavily into the graphics. Like, look at the the flaming fire coming out of our hands. Look at these fantastic ships. Look at the way that the world looks. And yes, it looks great. But I think it needs a little bit more than just that. Steven says there was only a hint of humor and it felt kind of generic. I don't know if it felt generic because it did feel better than M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. That was generic. This is definitely an upgrade from Shyamalan, but I don't know if it's quite on the level of the animated series yet. But it's it's a really good start. And I and I hope that if they do more trailers, it'll release more. Um, But, you know, you can't give away everything in a trailer either. So I think what they showed was good. It teased you. It enticed you. And the fact that they're only now doing trailers and marketing and stuff a month before the release, I think, says a lot about their confidence level, about the turnout. Um, people are going to watch it regardless. And I kind of wish franchises like Marvel and and Star Wars would take notes on Avatar's marketing campaign because it's like, literally four weeks before the show drops and they're just now releasing content yeah the whole marketing strategy and they did the same thing with with marvel we got bad batch trailer a month before it's just like why why like you start building i would think you'd want to start you know drop a trailer you know i don't know six months before it start really building hype and start building the hype train but no i guess the streaming shows they just don't um but then also with the tone like trailers can be so deceiving both negatively and positively like Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the first trailer for The Mandalorian totally 
absolutely does not represent that show in any way. Like the tone of it is totally different than what we got with that show. Um, so like, you know, it, I'm, I'm hoping that in, in your case that it is more lighthearted because I think that'll draw people in. And I don't know, you get this faux kind of, I don't know, extra realism or grittiness or whatever else. It doesn't appeal to me as much. I will say the trailer looks amazing. I mean, the, the visual effects and, and the look of it, I think it, it looks what I expect from a Netflix show. I think there is a lot of uh, pushback on Netflix these days for various different reasons. Um, I think Netflix show or Netflix movie has become kind of derogatory. Um, but generally speaking, they, they look good. Like I said, Stranger Things always looks like a movie to me. Um, this looks like a film. And my only disappointment here is that, like, I am an idiot, okay? I still have not watched the original Avatar The Last Embitter, okay? So I have a very weird relationship with this. I'm just like, my how dude. do I it, – it looks great. And I, and I want to watch it, but then do I try to go back and like binge the series? Do I do I watch this first? Am I going to be able to you know, like get into it really fully because I haven't watched the original series? Like, how do I reconcile this? I don't know how I don't know how to do it, but I do like I'm really tempted to get in on the action with this. Well, let me ask you this. You do know the connections that The Last Airbender has to Star Wars, right? Oh, I'm I'm pretty aware of those. Okay, because I don't I don't want to tell a story that you've already heard, but it, I, I feel like the man who invented your favorite animated show, maybe one of your favorite shows, period, should be reason enough to go and see his previous work. Yeah, that's um, I mean that that is a that is a huge factor, something that's that I've uh, definitely considered. Um, okay. So I. I definitely like I want to see it just based on that. Like, come on, I've I watched, you know, other things because, oh, this person or that person was mm -hmm. involved. Um, mm -hmm. So, Dude. yeah, I, I, I look I want to watch it. OK, just there's other things that are really catching my attention, unfortunately. No, I get it. I get it. But um, if it's any consolation, it looks like season one of this live action version is only going to be based on book one slash season one of the animated show. So there's less pressure to watch the entire series as opposed to just watching the first season. And each season, each episode is like 20, 22 minutes long. So, you know, you'll you'll breeze through those the way you would breeze through a, a Clone Wars season. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to give it a shot because I really do. I want to I want to see it in full. And I'm you know, I, I I'm a stickler for like I kind of want like the full experience. I want to be able to right. watch it and enjoy it and, you know, see what everyone else sees. And I've heard right. literally nothing but great things about that original series. Like so, you know, I'd be a fool not to. It's, it's probably top five animated shows of all time for me. I'll, I'll put it that way. I was I, I was not expecting yeah. that. I was not expecting that going in. But then when it when it finally finished the the conclusion at the end of, of season three, I was like, I'd be a fool not to have it in that in that consideration. So. Anyways, on to uh, Clone Wars related content. There's our there's our hook. There's our tie in, yeah, as, as, as Stephen is saying, Holy uh, Filoni. for those for those of you who don't know, Dave Filoni worked on 
the original animated Avatar: The Last Airbender before he became uh, the the big man on campus that he is over at Lucasfilm. And it was it was his work on The Last Airbender that basically got him the job for the Clone Wars. So um, it's it's kind of cool to see that Last Airbender, in some ways, kind of grandfathered the the Bad Batch. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, there's definitely like, that. Like, like Airbender spawned Clone Wars, Clone Wars spawned Bad Batch, and the Bad Batch just released their season three trailer. That's their final season, and uh, it, it it hints at uh, at several things that I, I am really curious to hear your thoughts on. I know you probably talked about it in depth on the Underworld. So, uh, what would be your your Reader's Digest perspective? on this on this new trailer right yeah definitely i'm um, definitely tuning into star wars Underworld. we're gonna have a lot of things to say on that um but um in the meantime uh yeah a lot going on in the trailer um the big the big thing obviously is the return of asajj ventress and uh yeah it's it's something i did not expect at all um but something that i am very 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 open to and very um, very excited about because I think she's like easily one of the best characters from the Clone Wars. Um, so um, other than that, like you know, the series looks amazing. I love season one. I was a little iffy on season two in places, but I still think it it seems to continue the really strong character work and the excellent excellent animation that season one of Clone Wars had. Uh, uh, season the- just all seasons of Clone Wars had. So. Yeah. I mean, ah, dude, the the leaps and bounds that animation has taken since 2008 is incredible. Like, there's, look, there's, you, there's live action movies that don't look as good as Bad Batch. You look at the the way that the clones look and just the way that the show looks in season one of the Clone Wars, as opposed to this depth and and color palette and fluidity like there there's so many praiseworthy elements uh the music is really great the yeah. the incorporation of of the emperor on mount tantus and uh the little flash revealing cad bane and you get um commando troopers like there's there's so many things that are are worthy of of picking apart from this from this trailer and while bad batch probably hasn't resonated with me quite the way that clone wars has i'm also very very glad that the story was told because there's not a whole lot of material out there that is like post order 66 order 66 aftermath because there's plenty of books about it but to actually to actually have the content and it not be part of the legends canon and to kind of show you what happens to the clones after the war is quote unquote over, um, it's it's very telling, and it can be very sad at times. And I like that this show has the range of being able to um, flex its muscles when it comes to emotion. I was I was very, very sad to lose tech, but 
there's already speculation that he's he's back and he was actually in the trailer, believe it or not. There is that theory. I am uh, I have, uh, let's just say, mixed emotions about that <laughs> mm-hmm. because um, I don't know. Um, it's um, it's definitely something that I'm not. Um, I don't know. I just I'm I think it's one thing bringing back a character that has been quote unquote dead for a decade, more than a decade now with Aventris. Um that like that that makes sense to me. I think if they do it right, it could be really good. But like a character that literally was has been gone since last year, like and had a really emotional death, I feel like you're destroying that drama by bringing it back. So well, as much as I love for, tech, especially for people who end up binging it like five years from now. Exactly, because you know it's probably if they do bring it back, it's probably going to be early in the season. Mm-hmm. So there, or you know, and it'll be it'll just be a few episodes, you know, apart from it. And like, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't like that. Maybe, you know, they have a chance to, to convince me otherwise, because I was like going into Bad Batch, I wasn't the biggest fan of the premise. Like, I like the Bad Batch arc and Clone Wars, but I'm like. You're really gonna do a show about these guys? Like, you know, what is this gonna be? Are they gonna be bounty hunters? Like, what is this? And I, you know, this show I think absolutely has won it, won me over in regards to like showing how what can do. I feel like it really is an essential story to tell, especially in the clones' perspective. So maybe it'll maybe it'll be good. Maybe they'll bring back tech back and everybody'll be happy and you know nobody will complain. But I, I right now I'm like. He he should stay dead because that's his fate, and you're gonna you're gonna ruin a really poignant moment in season two by doing that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think about like um, Star Trek: The Next Generation, for example. There's there's an episode that's a season finale where Captain Picard gets assimilated by the Borg, one of the right. biggest baddies in the entire series, in the entire Star Trek franchise, for that matter. And it leaves you on the cliffhanger of Commander Riker giving the order to fire, even though the captain is still on board the ship. And then the episode ends. And in real time, people like my dad are losing it, going, (laughs) I have to wait until next year to find out what happens. And then when next year comes around, everything gets resolved. But for people like us who are binging it, we finish that episode and, you know, we go to the bathroom and we come back and two minutes later, we're getting the resolution to that story. And I'm I'm worried that there's going to be like this long anticipation, this long buildup in between the episodes in real time that will not have the same impact when you're watching it on a on a binge two or three years from now. That's that's my concern. Yeah, that's that that's the thing is you can't just think about it and then saying and there's also like the thing that I don't like is that if he's still alive, then that means that they planned it. They planned it all over him to be alive. And if right. you're planning something like that, you can do it in a way that makes it a little more ambiguous. It leaves it open to like, okay, maybe he survived. And he gets people speculating about all oh, things. I think Tech had a very definitive death. He had a very like this is the last time we're seeing this character. He's gone after this. And if they undo it, then it really – because they're on thin ice already. Okay, They're already on thin ice. They've done the somehow Palpatine Returns thing. Okay, they, They've done that, yeah. I think, to mixed reviews, let's just say. Somehow the <laughs> um, interest returned. Somehow tech returned. They have to be careful with this okay? because they're going to lose the audience. 
um, look, I'll still be there because I'm a Star Wars guy. But the general audience is not going to buy this. The series is ending, though. What do they have to lose? It's not going to get renewed for season four. But it's still what, the Star what's Wars the, brand. What's the what's the harm in bringing back this character if you're not going to see him ever again once the show is over anyways? That's true. That's true. I think I think you have to because eventually it's going to get to the point where when anybody dies, it's going to be, well, OK, wait for him to come back. I see what you mean. Because they've done it now with with Palpatine, and if they do it with Tech and they do it with other characters, then Star Wars as a brand could potentially have that as a reputation. Right, and I, I know like it'll it's like really hard for them to like somehow Star Boba Wars. Fett returned. It's Star Wars. Boba Fett also <laughs> came back from the dead, technically speaking. Like, and they've again like every time they do it, they manage to slip by. They managed to do it like they did it with Boba Fett. They did it with Palpatine. I look, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, but like, I think they did Palpatine. All right. Um, like they they somehow managed to slip by. But if they keep doing it, they're going to slip up and they're going to make a mistake. And it's going to it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them some very dearly in just the fans. Um, ultimately, just not even the fans, it's the general public's just going to be rolling their eyes to this. It's uh, it is a dangerous precedent, but. I guess I guess the I guess the question is is this the the reputation that they want to have if they're doing it this consistently? Stevens giving the example of Darth Maul and and Echo, um, Trench, like there's there's plenty of examples in the franchise where they they bring people back because they're you know fan favorites. I don't even know if people like Echo or Trench really serve much purpose to the plot of the overarching storyline other than people getting excited to see them back. I was one of those people. I love Echo. I love mm-hmm. the Domino Squad. But I I don't know. Is this is this a precedent that they want to set, whether we like it or not? Or are we just among those people that don't like it and everybody else does like it? Yeah, I, I mean, and those are like lesser known ones. I think obviously, you know, people that, like, and they were kind of, I mean, who knows if they were planned or not? I think some of those was like fan demand, obviously. Um, I think Darth Maul was definitely one that was just like, oh, people, George was like, people like this character. I want to bring him back. And then, you know, they did. And then, you know, there was a good friend of mine was a huge Echo fan. And I think that's the reason Dave brought him back is because people, him and a bunch of people yelled about Echo. And then a lot of people loved Trench and they brought him back. So, you know, and, and it's all this thing of just like, I can accept it because it's Star Wars. Okay, it's not real. I get it, but there has to be a certain amount of believability there, and you have to you have to make people believe. If you if you if you bait and switch people too many times, it's like I keep bringing it up. But like, and this last thing I'll say though, this is like Rise of Skywalker. Like one of the mistakes in that movie is just like they make you believe for a second that Chewie's dead. And they're like, oh, you need to. You're, we're supposed to be sad that Chewie's Chewie's dead, and then f- literally a minute later, like, no, Chewie's alive. It's just like you're playing with my emotions here. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. You know, if, if you're gonna make me cry that a character's dead, have them be dead. Maybe you should have him like get crushed by a moon while trying to save his best friend's kids. That's a pretty definitive death. Yeah, it's just ironic that um, <laughs> uh, Chewie was the one original trilogy character to die in the EU and the only one to survive the sequel trilogy. 
Where's the Palpatine meme? It's ironic. <laughs> so it's it sounds like we enjoyed the trailer, but we have our hesitations about how this final season's going to go. Is that fair? Yes, I'm. I'm. I think. I think I'm more excited about season three because I was. I was a bit miffed by season two because it felt like it meandered. It didn't feel like it really knew what it was doing for a while. And it was a lot of like episodes where we're like, we're just going to hang out on this island where there's a new tsunami. And you're just like, what is happening? Like I was very, very um, on and off again with Bad Batch season two. But this feels like this this season has momentum in which I appreciate. Like we mentioned, uh, we're going to have to postpone our discussion of Echo for our bonus episode. We'll do that right off at the top, and then we will do our top five most anticipated seasons of television for 2024 to test the waters and see what people think of it. So join the Intergalactic Peace Hangout. Follow us on our socials at IPC Podcast so that we can send out that prompt and you'll be able to reply what TV you're most looking forward to. And this is confirmation that sometime between now and our February episode – we're going to sit down for an hour and pump out a bonus episode for you guys. So be on the lookout for that as well. I cannot wait. Okay. One final little tiny thing that we do on every episode here. And uh, it looks like it just says a public service announcement. So I'm going to try to find like a beeping noise, (laughs) like the weather channel has. Well, okay. Okay. So look, Considering the time constraints, I'm not sure I'm going to go into the full thing because th- th- here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll explain it really quick, and this will be a thing for the future of Barbecue Watch. I kind of want to turn this into a more of a kind of public service, like talking about like restaurant etiquette or like, you know, um, food service etiquette and stuff like that. And I also want to like, like the, the the original plan for the night that I want to do, and I'm gonna do. I'll do it next time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll squeeze it in in the bonus episode. And I want to talk about like when you go to a place and it's close to closing time. What do you do? Or like you know like this whole idea of like certain times people, the kitchens close early and how do you handle that? And should you go up to when the sign says they're closed should you go up and knock on the door and rattle the door and look in and go like hey you got some food left like should you do that and the answer is no um <laughs> but you know i want to go into certain things so but also i just kind of want to go like some behind the scenes stuff just like talk about food a lot of people have been on the other side of the counter in regards to like food service and just g- general dealing with the public but some of you haven't, and maybe you have questions. Maybe you have things you would like to discuss um, in regards to – because there's been a lot of talk about that in recent years of just like, okay, you know, people get mistreated on both sides of the counter sometimes. But the only difference is people behind the counter, they can't go another place to go get food or whatever else. They have to stay there. They're, they have to take the abuse. And, you know, what does that mean for our society <laughs> and all that stuff? So I, th- th- all this to say is I would love to hear some feedback and I would love to get into some really maybe even some intense topics and talk about them. And, yes, it will be tangentially related to barbecue, but also maybe a bit more broader in the case. And we'll have some some interesting discussions. Well, Stephen is already ready to play devil's advocate. I would love to hear his feedback. In in the chat, he says, I'm the customer, and the customer's always right. 
we'll hey we'll we will get into that we will get into that <laughs> because i love the discourse of the customers always right and then people that have worked in food service or retail are screaming no they're not <laughs> they're almost always wrong we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that whole debate well I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bore y'all too too much because i didn't have any barbecue while in mexico um, but I did have some really great Mexican food, and uh, I, I I think what was what what was a funny trend that I noticed, and and this isn't quite barbecue, but it's food, and it's late, and I'm hungry. Um, part of part of my learning the language was learning how to read menus and recognizing the different items on the menu to make sure that I knew for sure what I was ordering. And what I eventually learned by about day two or three was that the safe bet was always enchiladas. Ah. I knew what enchiladas were. I, I knew what to expect when I ordered them. I, I knew how to order them. I knew how to pronounce them. And I just ended up having like four or five different orders of enchiladas at different restaurants because I knew how to order them. <laughs> but Safe bet. But we did go to one place that had what I would consider the best enchiladas I've ever had in my life. And it was it was loaded with um, pulled chicken in the middle, topped with a medium spice green salsa. It wasn't super hot, but it was it was decent. And then it had a layer of Oaxaca cheese on top of the tortillas. So it was like it was like cheese and chicken topped with salsa verde. And it was so, so good. Um, it was it was really, really good. And I mentioned before that the exchange rate is ridiculous down there. It's like 17 pesos equals one dollar. And so we were able to feed four of us at that restaurant. It was a pretty nice restaurant. It was probably like like a, like an IHOP type of place. Like they had brunch, but they had like Mexican type brunch. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we fed all four of us for, I want to say $45, including tip. Wow. So that's like eleven fifty a person, something like that. Like it was, it was less than $12 per person, including tip for us to eat our fill and take home leftovers at that place. That's, that's pretty amazing. It was incredible. It was incredible. That's the one thing that my wife and I keep talking about missing there is the exchange rate because we could we could eat like kings over there and pay very little for it. So I do miss that. But I also missed being on this show. And uh, as unfortunate as it is, we're already over two hours talking here and uh, we've got a bonus episode to try to plan out. So as soon as we finish hitting the live button, we've got some business to discuss so that we can keep the fans happy ben but uh in the meantime between then and the bonus episode or next month's episode where can the folks at home keep up with you well they can follow me personally at ben hart with no e on facebook and threads and instagram and And rolling stone yeah that too um and and twitter I am a crazy person. I'm tweeting again. Okay, and I'm going Rolling against Stone Magazine. Jeez, dude. I mean, they they just they just embedded one of my tweets because it went semi-viral. Um, so Am I? um, 
So it, it wasn't that big of a deal, um, really. But um, yeah, that was pretty crazy that that happened. Um, so yeah, you can you can find that on my socials, um, and you can follow at the SW on all the socials for all your Star Wars news, and at Culture Slate for all your pop culture needs. Well, as for me, I'm getting ready for baseball season that's going to be starting in less than a month. So if you're interested in hearing my voice talking about baseball, uh, you can follow me at Zach the Voice. I'll also have just generic sports opinions and updates on life and that sort of thing. So you can find me there. And then I'm doing some stuff over at um, the Legacy of Westeros and the Legacy of Star Wars. Those are parts of the Phantom Empire team. And so... Uh, I'm talking about Star Wars over there, and I'm talking about Game of Thrones over there, and so uh, that's pretty fun also. Um, I'm trying to think, what else am I doing? I don't think I'm doing much of anything else, so that's it. Zach the Voice and uh, Phantom Empire, and then right here at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to all of our previous episodes at ipcpodcast.podbean.com, and if you're interested in finding some swag, then check us out at tpublic, T-E-E-public.com slash user slash IPC podcast. But other than that, you can find us right here at zackthevoice.mixler.com for our next episode. I don't know if we're going to do the bonus episode live or not, but uh, hit that subscribe button and we'll uh, keep you all in the loop. And if we do go live, you'll get an email alert telling you that uh, the Mixler page is going live. So uh, keep up as best you can, and be sure to join the Intergalactic Peace Hangout as well so that you can see Ben's prompt for that and all future episodes. Absolutely. All right, well, I ran out of water an hour ago, and uh, I've got to get up for work in about six or seven hours, so we're going to go ahead and call it a night. That is going to do it for episode 369 of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast Thanks so much for sending in your top five most anticipated movies of 2024. Deadpool, the clear and far away winner with the most votes tonight. But I did tally them up, Ben. A very close second is Dune number two. And then Joker and Ghostbusters are some of the other ones that had pretty high tally marks. So now we have a better idea of what stuff to talk about as the year progresses. That's great to hear. I cannot wait to talk about all these movies. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope we get watch get to watch all of them, and all of them are good. I hope we have enough episodes in the year for all the stuff we're going to try to talk about, because I bet we're going to end up talking about uh, the Acolyte and and Skeleton Crew at some point this year, also. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. The 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 TV show episode is going to going to uh, throw us throw a wrench in the gears, probably. Be sure to tune in to that bonus episode and all future episodes of the IPC podcast. But I think that's going to do it officially for us here tonight. For Ben, I'm Zach. Thanking you for tuning in. We'll see you all next time. But until then, good night, everyone. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy, I need no sympathy. Because I'm easy come, easy go.